When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. On Wednesday, Canadian air crews who dropped sonar buoys into the water reported once again hearing unusual noises in the water, which some said sounded like banging. Experts are using specialized acoustic equipment to analyze the sounds, to rule out other ships or marine life. So far, their effort to identify a source has been inconclusive. The bottom line is there are a lot of sounds in the ocean. That's right. The needle in the haystack is to separate that signal that they want to hear from all the other sounds that are, are happening there. Now, I don't I don't want to come off as like hard hearted or trying to take the fun out of a story or something. I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to come off as a bad person, but this story's over. I mean, it, it, finding out maybe what happened could happen at some point, but these people are gone. And yeah. Uh, as has been pointed out, not very many places, actually. I saw it in The Economist, and I haven't heard anybody refute it. There's like three vessels on Earth that can reach that thing, and they weren't near there. And now mm-hmm. a couple of them are there, but they're too late. The air ran out quite a few hours ago. The big Navy deep-sea recovery vessel that got there that's getting a lot of attention Every story leaves out the fact that it just got there and they have to do 24 hours of welding before they can before they would be ready to lower equipment. They don't know where the thing is. So if you right. knew where it was 24 hours from now, you could lower the equipment to go to it. So it's just it's the story's over unfortunately. I mean everybody's talking about it. Adults I run into, kids on the playground, I mean it's a topic of conversation. Yeah, you only come off as hard-hearted compared to the clickbaity media that's trying to keep the story alive because it's exciting and people are tuning in to get updates. Well, and you hope, I assume everybody hopes they're found alive. Oh, of course, but, yeah. Uh, 
I don't think it's a coincidence that they've left out all sorts of facts that you've just shared with us that lead toward the inevitable conclusion. These folks are gone. They're not going to be rescued. Because, again, that would kill their viewership. The, the extreme example of that, of course, was the months spent on the missing Malaysian air flight by CNN. Uh, when was that? A few years ago. That was just, uh, you know, stretched to the point of absurdity. But, yeah, it's it's clickbait. I'm, anyway. I'm kind of interested as a guy in the business at what point the media turns toward the reality of it today. As opposed to the, they heard the sounds. Here's an expert saying, and well, they could zoom in on the sound. No, none of that matters anymore. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But people watch it because they have hope, because they have humanity. It's sure. actually kind of a nice impulse. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's not exactly anyway. a nice impulse for the media to mislead you that there's hope, though. Oh, yeah, I know it. When they know, know. there's not. Again, we come off as hard-hearted compared to people trying to manipulate other people into clicking and watching and the rest of it. But anyway, ah, der. Oh, at some point I expect to wake up and find out that TikTok is the president. <laughs> Not sure how that could be. How can a social media platform be a... Uh, but uh, the more I learn about its ubiquity, its ever presence, and how many Americans spend how much time, it's just shocking. And this was such an interesting uh, a piece I came across in the Wall Street Journal American companies held hostage by the whims of TikTok. The social media giant has become a billion-person focus group, disrupting business cycles and upending corporate R&D. And they gave an example, as a great example, I think, of um, there's some food influencer on TikTok who I've never heard of because I've heard of very little that's on TikTok, who said, hey, you want a great meal at Chipotle? Order the Keithadilla. It's a quesadilla, but here's what here's how you custom order it. Uh, you expect you ask for a combination of the sauces and then blah blah, blah you know a couple other variations or substitutions. And this thing exploded. Say, leave out the salmonella. That's from, oh, that's, easy from, that's, from a, that's a story oh, from bounds. years ago. I'm sure they've fixed that. So soon, the Mexican fast casual chain was overwhelmed by custom orders. The item took longer to make, and its mix of ingredients flustered workers, especially when the sauce, a combination of sour cream and chipotle honey vinaigrette, ran out. When some staffers refused to make the off-menu item, customers began posting angry negative reviews online. Ah, Of course you do. You're angry that your burrito at Chipotle wasn't exactly the way you wanted it. Jeez! Find better things to be angry about. You need a more complex life if that's what you spent your time complaining about today. Good God. So Chipotle faced a decision. Give in to the whims of TikTok or risk losing business. And the Keithadilla is now a permanent menu item. Wow, we want to be guy. at the We want to be at the pulse of culture, said their chief marketing officer, who then put Dylan Mulvaney on a tortilla. <laughs> 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 I kid, they haven't. They haven't. <laughs> So uh, TikTok, they say, has become an unavoidable consideration for anyone running a consumer-facing business today. Uh, it's a force in marketing and media, helps brands monitor consumer trends. It's, uh, yeah. What's cool about that, I mean, it's, it's, it's troubling from an uncertainty standpoint, but what's cool about that is, is the opportunity for anybody listening right now to become that person. There used to be a barrier to entry to this sort of thing. You couldn't become the TV reviewer or the restaurant reviewer or the whatever that had any impact. Almost impossible. 
to become the New York Times restaurant critic who could sure. have any effect on anybody. Now, just your wit, charm, boobs, depending on, on yeah. <laughs> depending on what makes you a popular influencer, you could be that by next month. If you're creative while enough. The, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or have big enough boobs. Um, uh, for all of the evil inherent in the Chinese horde behind uh, the TikTok colossus, it is a classic disruptor. Uh, Wall Street Journal writes, for all its mind-reading insights, the platform has also become a disruptive force in research and development, upending conventional wisdom about product cycles, testing, differentiation, and manufacturing. Companies scramble to mass-produce products or fix existing ones based on feedback that often has a very short shelf life. And that's the problem. You could have a massive consumer uprising that might last an afternoon or a week or a month. What do you do about that? And it's a gamble, one that many executives say is necessary to win over younger shoppers, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, uh, it's, it's complicated, and it is very much a gamble. I know examples of just like, Kind of regular guy guitar players who have websites that have turned into a million or two million people or whatever, and they'll say, hey, I just tried this pedal. It's awesome, this guitar pedal, and it'll sell out by the end of the day. Wow. Because some person in their bedroom said, this is awesome. That wasn't possible before. You'd have had to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on advertising. That might or might not work. That might or might not work in a, to move the needle over a slow, long period of time. And that's not the way it is now. TikTok collaborations can be harrowing, even for the gutsiest startups. WYOS, a personal care company that launched in February, thought it would be a good idea to share its new moisturizer, which comes in stick form with TikTok influencers to see what they made of it. Company discovered creators were planning to upload videos that featured them popping the moisturizer into the freezer to show audiences how it could be used as a face massaging tool. Then the founder of the company... I'm interested in this product, so it's a lotion in stick form. Uh, Right, a moisturizer, yeah. But the company's co-founder said the moisturizer isn't designed to withstand freezing temperatures and could burn the skin if applied afterward. So they scrapped the influencer's videos, though it's consulting with a lab about creating a freezer-friendly formula. So they had these... influencers about to say hey it's great you freeze it and you can massage your face with it but the they had no idea just don't let it thaw because if you then you use it it'll burn your skin so this company came within you know a couple of tiktok videos of having a bunch of people with burned faces saying i tried the wyos moisturizer and it burned my face can you imagine what a nightmare I'm going to put out a video today. Go to Chipotle and try the jackalotta. You ask for double cheese, and you have them pour a Mr. Pib in it. It's awesome. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And they have more examples. We'll post this at armstrongandgetty.com. But, yeah. I mean, because it used to be there were very predictable cycles. I mean, even if you had a breakout hit of a product... There was a cycle for breakout hits that people understood, and you could ramp up production and market in such ways, and you got your early adapters, then your innovators, and then your mass market, blah, blah, blah. Um, Kerblowy. It's all blown up. How many years ago was it that Chris Rock said, here today, gone today? And that's you know, seemed like, wow, you've really figured out the times. That was like 15 years ago. It's more true. It's more like, 
here this hour, gone this hour. Yeah, yeah. Fashion is uh, just getting blown up by this, too, because a fashion will catch on and go away on TikTok in a month. Oh, man. Yipes. Interesting. I I like the democratization of that sort of thing. I mean, because a lot of that stuff is not important. If you own a restaurant, it's important. If you own, you know, uh, that kind of T-shirt that becomes popular for a day and a half, it's important. But just as a regular doofus uh, consumer, it's kind of interesting. Regular person, oh, yeah. people's opinions, reviews of stuff. I love that. I do that with all kinds of products. So much of life and consumption and even art is all about the technology of the day. I've pointed out before that David Byrne's fabulous How Music Works is is just terrific on that level when you're talking about music. Uh, final note, with fashion moving at rapid speed and TikTok fashion moving even more swiftly, the gamble for a brand like addicted it's spelled weird is that it might produce a lot of duds which must be disposed of quickly often through deep discounting in december addicted rolled out silver miniskirts and shiny bomber jackets hoping to jump on an 80s metallic trend but by february remember they trotted it out in december by february it phased them out wow for the past few months, they've been selling backless T-shirts, rolling out new colors and sleeve lengths regularly after watching the style take off on TikTok. It trialed a dress version of the shirt a few weeks ago, but the item bombed and they quickly discontinued it. Quote, most of the trends fade within weeks. Some can last years. Weeks? Weeks. Weeks? How do you profit off a trend for that lasts weeks? I mean, I remember very well when the, uh, the members-only jacket and the parachute pants endured for many years as fine fashions. In fact, I wear them till to today. Hmm. Uh, political coverage can be kind of funny. Got a good example from the New York Times, among other things on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's say, for example, you will get a car or a credit card in your personal name. You're personally held responsible for that. So if you're going to be held liable, and if you don't make that payment back, the bank can come and sue you. With business credit, you are not personally held responsible for that line of credit. So let's say, for example, how I got this watch. I went and opened business credit cards in that account. I then proceeded to go on, buy this for $100,000. I'm going to turn around and sell it to a jeweler for $80,000 in cash, which now gives me the cash. I'll file bankruptcy on the company. I'll never have to actually pay it back. That is, speaking of TikTok, a TikTok influencer explaining how to essentially defraud credit card companies for easy cash. Awesome. That makes you a scumbag, you realize. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Here's a Babylon B headline. Judge finds Hunter Biden guilty of being a lovable little rascal with a heart of gold. <laughs> Found that funny? Uh, also this, the Disney film Elemental, which I hadn't even heard of, I don't think. Usually my kids are on top of whatever Disney film comes out, which featured the first non-binary character in Disney's history, has tanked at the box office. Yeah, How? continuing in a line of preachy, woke Disney vehicles. How long are they going to try to force this stuff on people and, and not succeed? I wonder. Or did they, do they are they trying to force an agenda, or do they think this is where the public is and they're just wrong? They think this is what people want. This is going to be a huge hit. As soon as people find out we got the first non-binary character, we're going to be printing money over here. I don't know. I know that one gal who is quoted uh, far and wide is a real activist. Um, so I'm not sure what her perception is uh, of, of where America is. I uh, came across this story. I think it's kind of interesting about um, political coverage and how it works. Chris Christie's getting outsized coverage because he badmouths Trump the most. The New York Times, this I'm reading from Mark Halpern's website today. The New York Times gives ample coverage to a run-of-the-mill Chris Christie town hall meeting in New Hampshire and then includes, apparently without irony, these two paragraphs. There were about 50 people present and about the same number of unfilled seats. A live stream of the town hall event never seemed to have more than 125 viewers. A press contingent of about a dozen people spoke to the outsized interest in Mr. Christie's campaign from the news media and pundits because of the phenomenon of a mainstream candidate taking on the former president of his own party. You're writing about how it's out, a long article about how there's outsized coverage of an event where nobody showed up and nobody watched. That is a double reverse. Right. Hall of Mirrors. Missing from the room, however, was the core of the Republican Party, voters leaning toward Mr. Trump, who have propelled his rise in recent months, but who are still open to an alternative. Nearly all the voters present seem to have turned their backs on Trump, a narrow slice of the primary electric. So hmm. they're... they're there doesn't seem to be anybody out there who was a Trump supporter who's moving toward Chris Christie or anyone else 
Again, so your the whole premise for your article you're covering is gone, and you put it in your own you put in your own article how there's right. no reason for us to have written this. There's outsized interest in Christie's attacks, and nobody showed up. <laughs> well, one of those two things can't be true. <laughs> oh, hey, on a similar uh, topic of uh, to, uh, one of them can't be true. Uh, paraphrasing a contribution by frequent uh, correspondent Jeffrey. What we have right now is Schrodinger's Explorers. We have what? Schrodinger's Explorers. Oh. The guys down in the submersible. Right. Yes. Simultaneously alive and dead, if you yep. if you are aware of that thought experiment. Yeah. Uh, look up Wikipedia Schrodinger's cat, and you'll understand that completely. Yeah, I've never really bought it. Or, or Although I think the listeners have pointed out that you guys don't get what he was trying to say, which does not surprise me. <laughs> What do you suppose it feels like as a presidential candidate when you're polling at 1% within the margin and error of zero and you're speaking to 50 people with 100 empty seats and then you check and see that there's also nobody watching online? What's that feel like? That's kind of hurt. Read Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 1972 by Hunter Thompson. It's miserable. That's got to be a bad feeling deep in your gut. Oh, yeah. It's a rejection, personally. Riley Gaines kicked ass in the Senate. Women's sports. Great stuff next. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. 
the thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, We talked about this earlier today, but for folks listening to the radio show, as opposed to taking in all four hours of the podcast, we want to make sure that, you know, everybody got a chance to hear this because it is so good and so powerful. We're talking about the hearings in the Senate yesterday in which they were talking to both activists of radical queer theory about biological men in women's sports and also, among others, Riley Gaines, the woman swimmer, has bravely been standing up against that. Um, and, well, the way we'll it was, get... the, the, I only saw the headline on uh, Good Morning America where it said, legislative threats, transgender in sports and the legislative threats they face. Wow. So it's how wow. they're the victims of some legislation. Well, biological men competing in women's sports should be facing legislative threats. That's absolutely appropriate. You know, it's interesting. And, you know, this is a point we've made before. You never, ever, ever hear about a biological woman who's kicking ass in men's sports. So it's only biological men competing in women's sports. They say transgender to make it sound kind of goes both ways equally, blah, blah, blah. But that's the very lie at the heart of this, which we'll get to in a minute or two. Um, and, And as you listen to this, my theory is, at least for some of these activists, it's not about men, women, transgender people competing in sports, whatever. It's forcing you to say something that you know not to be true. Because as Orwell pointed out, and and Pope John Paul II, we quoted uh, last week, I think it was, have pointed out, if they can get you to abandon the truth and submit to them demanding you say stuff you know not to be true, then you're done. They have you. You are now a subject of them. And I think that's a big part of it. But having said that, uh, Senator John Kennedy, uh, for for once abandoning his whole look how homespun I am thing, is talking to uh, Kelly Robinson, who's a uh, radical queer theory activist with Human Rights Campaign. She's the president of that organization. Uh, we'll start with 60. Do males have an advantage over females biologically in sports? Again, I'm not a physician, and I, I can't speak to that. What's your real-world experience? Um, it depends. So you're taller than some that, women and some that are shorter. You don't believe that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a, a definitive statement. What is that? Not as a definitive statement, so not always. Right, so because somewhere in America there is a woman that is better than somewhere in America a man... Well, that's, you can't say uh, men have an advantage. That's an idiotic argument. So if I can't play in the WNBA, I, then there's no proof that there's an advantage for men over women. 
again, great illustration, completely idiotic. And this next clip, listen to how strong one side is with the facts as opposed to the other. And this is why I think it's all about you submitting. It's not about winning the argument on the merits because they have no merits. Uh, once again, this is uh, John Kennedy and Kelly Robinson of the Human Rights Campaign and then the fabulous Riley Gaines. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think... How many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, And it's just not the case. She is stronger than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, My experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, He could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. There are no facts on the other side. The fact that she even has to go through the motions of saying that is amazing. I know it almost grants dignity to the absurd argument the human rights campaign uh, lady was saying. Uh, and you could almost hear the fatigue in her, her, her voice. The 202nd rank or 203, whatever it was, ranked male in the world beat both Venus and Serena. What are you talking about? Her husband could kick her butt in the pool and she's a superior swimmer to him for her sex. What's your answer to that? Well, it's not a definitive proof. It's unbelievable. Anyway, she's fabulous. Riley Gaines. Uh, She went on to testify about the humiliation and pain that the NCAA's uh, cowardice caused her and her, her fellow actual female swimmers. Listen to this, would you? In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas. A six foot four, 22 year old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Let me be clear about this. We were not forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. No one asked for our consent and we did not give our consent. So they just turn around in the locker room one day and there's a completely naked college guy there. Right, right. And you and I and everyone are being asked to say that six foot four inch man with a penis and testicles is a woman. And if you don't say that's a woman, they're going to end your career. You don't think that's the Orwellian submission thing I'm talking about? How obvious would it have to be? Plus, Leah. Either people are just terrified of the activists. Plus, Leah clearly did not make any effort to not expose her penis. Don't do it. I just find the juxtaposition, juxtaposition of her and penis entertaining. The, the judges, <laughs> it will be allowed. <laughs> she didn't go out into any effort to not disclose her penis to the women, which is a thing also. I got to believe they have some sort of setup where you could have changed clothes without doing that. Well, and that, I think, speaks to what I was talking about. I'm going to stand here in front of you with my male genitalia, and you're going to call me a woman. Uh, 64, Michael. And I'll, I'll set the scene. A swimming locker room is not a place of modesty. You're undressing. You're fully exposed. And we were forced to take off our swimsuit in front of a man who was doing the exact same thing. If nothing else, I truly hope how you can see this as a violation of our right to privacy, 
and how some of us have felt uncomfortable, embarrassed, and even traumatized by this experience. As I said earlier, having come out of the Me Too movement, I can't believe this is happening. Because we went through a period of time where people were acting like it was crazy that a male and female co-worker would ever go out for drinks after work together. They should never be even, you know, in the same room. Right. Because of what yeah, could happen one, with male, you know, the, the toxicity or whatever you want to call it. Right, right. Yeah. And now even you're saying, hey, we should go out sometime. And now feminists are not coming to the rescue on women who have to be exposed to their actual sex organs? And so you have these college swimmers, 18, 19, 20 years old, confronted by a nude male in their locker room, and they go out to the NCAA officials and say, what the hell is going on here? You're going to love this answer. I walked out of the locker room and I asked one of the officials on the pool deck, I said, what are the guidelines that allowed this man into our locker room? And so nonchalantly, he said back, oh, well, we actually got around this by making locker rooms unisex. And so I'm thinking to myself in these moments of him saying this, first and foremost, he just admitted this is a man by acknowledging how he had to change the rules to allow him into our locker rooms. And secondly, unisex. So any man could have walked into that locker room, any coach, any official, any parent, any pervert who wanted to walk into that locker room would have had full access to and bare minimum. We weren't even told this was the arrangement. That, that is what they were doing. That is how they were trying to normalize the situation. It's bizarre and troubling. She's absolutely right, but it's bizarre and troubling that you have to even come up with, oh, that's an admission that he's a man. It's self-evident that he's a man. Well, in unisex... Locker rooms are untenable. I mean, that's not an option. No, no, they're not anywhere. It's not a thing, as the kids say. And then finally, uh, this uh, letter that Harvard wrote to its swimmers about Leah Thomas, the man, and uh, another transgender swimmer whose name comes up, Skylar Baylor, uh, later on. Um, Gaines, uh, Riley Gaines shared the letter, which reads, and and listen to this because she blows it up in a minute. The conversations and controversies surrounding Leah have been challenging to read. In particular, they focus on what is fair and what is ethical. Regardless of your personal stance, Leah has been incredibly transparent and is abiding by all NCAA rules. That is a fact. Having watched Skylar Baylor's transition firsthand, I can tell you that if it wasn't for the support of the team, he may not be here today. Life is more important than politics, etc., etc., and the team should focus on winning. Well, Gaines said, here's my translation of the message they're communicating. Quote, let me divert your attention from inherently feeling like something is wrong by asking you to focus on how great Leah has been. Let me emotionally blackmail you into accepting mistreatment because otherwise you are complicit in a potential death by suicide. Exchanging your fair treatment for someone else's benefit, a male in this case, is a justifiable cause. And the fair treatment of women is just politics anyway. While we won't tell you what to do, we're telling you it is a bad choice to fight this. Let the men in charge at the NCAA decide your fate. Immerse your thoughts and feelings into something else and ignore the obvious injustice you face. Let other people decide if you're worthy of fair competition without your input or voice. And oh, finally, don't talk. That is really, really, really good. That's brilliant. 
other people have pointed this out. I didn't come up with this, but the the uh, the trick here that was so brilliant on the side of the left. Uh, I don't even think most of the left agrees with a lot of this stuff, but it was is so you introduced this thing to, that nobody would ever talked about before. <laughs> the idea that mm-hmm. you know uh, women are men, men are women, or whatever. Um, they just shows up out of nowhere, like yesterday, and then. Uh, if you don't accept it, it's politics. You, what you're doing, like wanting to, you know, change bathrooms or all these different things, or let men compete with women's sports, that's not politics. That's not a political right. issue. That's just right. fact. That's or just human rights, human or rights, something. or something. Yeah. But any resistance to it is politics. That was a, well, that's a the pretty other, clever trick. The other thing we've talked about before, another trick is, uh, for instance, the New York Times has this piece today. I think it's the Times. Uh, pointing out that uh, the lunatic Republicans trying to hurt trans people prior to 2020, there were no laws about trans men in girls sports. So what's the right wing doing? I mean, that's that that's like saying prior to the Model T, there were no traffic laws. <laughs> uh, no, no, there weren't. Why do you suppose that is? That's that's an obscenely stupid argument. Yeah. But again, I think for a lot of the activists, it's not about the facts. It's about your submission. Uh, not submitting over here. For the record, we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody forwarded a YouTube video on the text line I'd forgotten about. Do you remember the controversy John McEnroe, the tennis legend, got into when uh, he was on some radio show or something and somebody pointed out that Venus Williams is the greatest tennis player in the world? And he said, greatest women's tennis player. And she said, why, why do you feel the need to qualify that? And he said, well, she is the greatest women's tennis player, but I mean, if you include men, she's like 700th. And that turned into a giant controversy, and he had to go on the CBS early show and defend himself and get beaten up by Gail King and others for making that sort of comment. Yikes. Yeah. What's the point of that? That Why is that diminishing in any way? It's almost scary that we have to have this argument. Now, you could say she's the world's most successful tennis player. And then you'd have to put her up against Djokovic, and I'm not a big tennis fan, but... Um, yeah, that's absurd. People have lost their minds. Uh, I don't know if this is going to... So, at some point today, the media is going to switch to the what went wrong story on the submersible when we all start to admit, which is clearly true, that these people are dead and something went wrong. Um, will they ever find them? I don't know. I saw a Navy SEAL who does submarine stuff talking about the currents down there are so strong, and there's many, 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 many going down 12,000. So you can have a current here going that way at this speed. Then, you know, another 1,000 feet down, you got another one going that way at this speed. And and it could be 100 miles from where they think it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. it may never be found. In fact, there's a decent chance it'll never be found. But anyway, so there's going to be a lot of uh, finger pointing and questions asked, and I don't know if this company has deep pockets or not. Some of the people that died got deep pockets, and if if there's any money to be had, lawyers are going to get it. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who you sue. Well, the company that runs the submersible. Yeah, and I don't know if they have. And, any and we're going to find out about the disclaimers. You know, they signed disclaimers. That chief 
guy that got interviewed a whole bunch of times was very flip. And maybe that was just his style and thought it'd be cool and get a lot of attention, whether, you know, that meant anything or not. I don't know. But one of the things he said a while back is we're not going to be a company that hires older white men. That's not inspirational. One of the things you find other sub operators out there, they typically have gentlemen who are ex-military submariners. And you see a whole bunch of 50 year old white guys. Well, we're not going to do that. Oh, boy. All right. Maybe that had a role in this. Maybe it didn't. But maybe it did. We're going to do death-defying ocean dives and abandon meritocracy. Yeah, I'm not signing up. My son went off the high dive at the public pool yesterday for the first time, my 11-year-old. He was very excited. Yeah. He just climbed right up there, and and, uh, I told him before he got up there, this is the very high dive that I climbed back down off of a few years back. If you've ever seen that, speaking of YouTube videos, that's a pretty funny video we put together. You should. Uh, what, what would you look for? What's that labeled? Jack Armstrong chickens out or something? That's a funny video we put together. But I climbed back down off that very diving board with kids mocking me. And uh, my son went off it yesterday, and I was very proud of him. He was very excited. He said, oh, man, it got it was so exciting. And we had to talk about adrenaline rushes and stuff like that. And now oh, he's probably nice. an adrenaline addict, and he'll be participating in sideshows and f- f- free soloing soon. Motorcycle jumping over 30 school buses, (laughs) perhaps kick it old school. Exactly. Final thoughts. (laughs) I love that. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. So good. Michelangelo, our technical director, with a final thought to help us wrap up the day. Michael? Yeah, if you look on YouTube and find that high dive video, it's worth watching. It was a lot of fun to put together. And um, I remember I went on the high dive twice, Jack, and then lawyers took it away and it was gone. Oh, wow. That's something. That's sad. Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? Uh, Side note, I'll put that video at armstrongandgetty.com so it's easy to find. But my, my final thought, I remember vividly being in grade school and the boys' basketball team, a couple of the players ran into the girls' locker room. They all got benched, got detention, got in a lot of trouble for coming into the girls' locker room. You should. How times have changed. Yeah, no kidding. Jack, a final thought? The name of the video is The High Dive Incident. So if you just search like Armstrong and Getty, (laughs) The High Dive Incident, we put it together with a bunch of uh, clips, including my son when he was a little kid, and it's pretty dang funny. Uh, Other people, you know, made it funny. but um, Yeah, I haven't seen that in ages. I think I was like 52 or something like that, and I was worried because it was kind of cold. I was afraid of hitting the cold water and having a heart attack. That's what I was worried about, and dying in the pool in front of my children, so I climbed back down. When you're done with that, perhaps watch the mockumentary The Kick about when I kicked a 35-yard field goal several years ago. I couldn't kick a 35-foot field goal at this point. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. If we reference something and say go to the website and watch it or read it or click on it, it's usually under hot links. Hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up some A&G t-shirts. We've got some funny ones. You know what's selling great is the and everyone knows it t-shirt. <laughs> Fabulous. Buy it as a gift for your favorite A&G fan. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. 
Armstrong and Getty. I thought it would be hard. I thought it'd be almost impossible. The reality is, is this is fabulous. I thank you. <laughs> That's enough of that. Your time has expired. This is all crazy. It's just the way it is. Yep. So let's go out with a bang. You no, know, anybody can change their name to anything. I can change well, my name to David Letterman this afternoon if I wanted to. Well, that's why my legal name is Superstar Kickass. <laughs> Only cost me 75 bucks. Alrighty, everybody. Have a terrific day. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.